0: Well, good morning, good morning to you. How many of y'all are excited that you woke up again today and you're breathing, come on, which is proof that God's not done with you yet? Come on, we woke up, showed up to church. This is better than being in jail, amen. And we had a great service, last service. For those of you, we have not had the privilege of meeting. My name is Daniel Groves, and I am hanging out with y'all this weekend. Pastor Jason called and said, "Man." Would you be willing, because I was already coming, I've been coming in once a month and helping with worship leadership and leading. How, how many of y'all are fired up about our vibrant worship? Come on, it's amazing. Give the team a hand, next level. So Pastor Jason said, hey man, uh, we're gonna take that weekend and just continue to recharge. I'm grateful that your, pa- come on, how many of y'all are grateful that Pastor Jason and Rachel, they work hard, but they recharge right? like a fresh wind behind their sails. So he said, man, would you be willing to preach? We had Uncle Dino in the house last week. How many of y'all appreciated Pastor Dino Rizzo last week? He's the best. And then Pastor Mike, very own vibrant, the week before. And then Pastor Jason said, man, would you cover the weekend of the 18th? Would you be willing? I said, don't threaten me with a good time. I'm excited. So I showed up in my... Uh, skinny dress pants. I'm not sure. My wife packed it, said, you're wearing this. And I said, okay, amen. So I'm fired up to be here in uh, based out of Houston, Texas, at a church called Hope City. And man, um, we're seeing lots of people saved and set free during this COVID season. We fed over 2 million people that were in need. That's awesome. Somebody should clap. That's incredible. I want to remind you of something though, because every time I fly into Columbus, Mississippi, I realize very quickly you don't have a target But it's amazing that God is moving like he has. We pray for revival all over the country, yet y'all are in the middle of a revival. Look around, this is a multicultural, multi-generational church, a church that looks like heaven. That's amazing. In a town where what the population is what? How many people, help me out? Like 120,000, I'm just making up numbers. Between 100 and 200,000 let's say with everybody around. How many, help me out. 75,000, look at what God has done in Columbus, Mississippi, because two people said yes to the call of God on their lives. Will you give Pastor Jason, Pastor Rachel, a huge hand? And then I honored them, the first service, founding pastors, the Delgadas. Pastor Ron was here. He's like, are those yoga pants? What are you wearing? So anyways, he's not here to make fun of me this service, praise God. But man, I'm just fired up. I'm fired up every time I come to see what God is doing at Vibrant Church. Let me introduce my family real quick because I know they're watching online. It's my beautiful family. My wife Jackie and my amazing kids I have four kids. Brecken's 11, Finley's 10, Daphne just turned four, and Fox who doesn't want to be in the photos a year and a half. And my wife is not Photoshopped. I know some of you are like, how did that happen? I told her I had money, okay? I told her, no, no, so true story. We, well, we had just first gotten married. I had a full head of hair but God removed it to keep me humble, and then he gave me this beard. Um, We were at the mall, and this security guy had been following us around for a few moments, and uh, he ended up walking over to my wife when I had walked away to the side, and he said, excuse me, ma'am, is that guy bothering you? It's a true story, and she goes, who? And he goes, that guy, and she goes, that's my husband. He's like, blink twice if you're in trouble. I've been trained for this because I'm married so far out of my league. Would you give my family a hand? They're watching right now, amazing. Nate, thank you so much. So I'm, I'm fired up because I'm fully convinced, look at the person next to you, if somebody's near you and say, I'm fully convinced. Like I'm fully convinced that the best days of the church are not behind us. I'm fully convinced that the rest of our days really are the best of our days. I'm fully convinced that our glory days of signs, wonders, and miracles and breakthrough in people's lives isn't behind us, but it's actually now in, in front of us. Now I know this COVID season has been interesting how many of y'all have been affected by this season of waiting? Come on, wave at me. If you're like, well, I don't really know, then I don't know where you've been because we've all been affected. Guy in the back has two hands and a foot lifted. Come on, we've all been affected by this COVID season. And my wife and I decided right off at the beginning, we, we, we met early March and we said, listen, we're not gonna treat this time like pray or read your Bible or spend time in the presence of God, like the glass box on the wall that says break in case of emergency. No, we're gonna get in his presence right now. and We're gonna spend time in his presence right now because we have no idea how long the waiting season's gonna be. And we wrote this down, and you can take this, take this down in your notes if you'd like to. We wrote, we will not allow this waiting season to be a wasted season. Like we're not gonna just survive this season, but we're gonna thrive in this season. Because we're fully convinced that God is not caught off guard. Fully convinced that the name of Jesus will always be bigger than the name of COVID. That the name of Jesus still will remain bigger than the name of cancer and congestive heart issues and struggles we deal with. Fully convinced that marriages that feel like they're falling apart, when God gets in the middle of it, they won't be falling apart, but they'll be falling into place. Fully convinced. Say, I'm fully convinced. Throw, throw the picture back up real quick on my family media, if you will. So my daughter, Finley, she just turned 10, and uh, she's my tomboy. So she's pretty, but she'll be like, you know, she can throw a punch. She's, all, she's country tough like my wife. And so um, she was fired up because at Hope City, we, we teach very biblical foundational principles in the Hope City kids the same way that we do in the main auditorium. You can take the picture down. Thank you. Same thing here at Vibrant. If your kids are back there in Vibrant kids, know this. It's not just sing-along songs and giveaways. Y'all, they're learning foundational Bible principles so that when you go home with your kids, talk to them about it. What'd you learn today? Talk to them about the Bible stories and the things they learned because they're learning foundational principles just like we are here in the main auditorium. And the reason I wanted to show my, fin- my daughter Finley, the story I was reading reminded me of her age group. There was a little girl that went to an amazing church, and in the back in the kids' department, they taught this amazing Bible stories, and they did them with illustrations. And so this little girl was fired up because on this particular day, they were learning about Jonah and the whale. I mean, she was excited. So the teacher's like, did you know that Jonah was disobedient. God said, go to Nineveh. And he said, "Mm, I'm not going to Nineveh. And he went the other way. So he got swallowed up by a big fish. And then three days later, he's like, fine, God, I'll go. And God spit him up on the shore. And this little girl's like, this is amazing. Like, she told her mom and dad about it. The next day, she's at school. Monday, public school, the teacher goes, kids, guess what we're gonna learn about today? Whales. And she's like, what? I am God's favorite. Like, yesterday and today? Like, this is a bonus the teacher said, Did you know that a whale's esophagus is so small that it would be difficult for them to swallow a human being? And she's like, What? Because she's fully convinced, say fully convinced. She's fully convinced that what was in the Bible is foundational and true. So it came time for Q&A questions. Man, her hand shot up, and the teacher said, Yeah. She said, What about Jonah and the whale? And the teacher said, Jonah and the whale. She said, Jonah and the whale. And the teacher said, Jonah and the whale, and the little girl goes, Jonah and the whale, and the teacher said, Jonah, like, we can do this all day, like, what are we doing right now? She said, Jonah and the whale, she said, yeah, Jonah, Jonah, God said go to Nineveh, and he was like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to Nineveh, he went the opposite, so God sent a big fish, a whale to swallow him up, and for three days, he was in the belly of the whale on his iPhone playing games. that's where her theology was a little off, It. it's okay, she said, you know, Jonah and the whale, and then he said, find God, I'll do it, and God Coughed him up on, on the shore, Jonah and the whale. And the teacher said, honey, where did you learn this story from? And she said, the Bible. And she said, oh, well, you can't believe fictitious books. Next question. Other kids are like, the whales wear pants. Like, There's all these other questions. But well, she's fully convinced. And she's frustrated. She's sitting there like, this is wrong. No, Jonah and the whale. So at the very end, man, her hand was up. up and the teacher said, honey, you've already, asked, you've already asked enough questions. She said, this isn't a question it's a comment. She said, okay, what? She said, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to walk straight up to Jonah, but shake his hand and say, what was it like to be in the belly of the whale? I bet you learned from that disobedient moment, huh? Mic drop. (laughs) And the teacher's like, okay, if you're going to get sassy like your mom, okay, so you're going to walk up to Jonah in heaven and ask him what it was like to be in the belly of the whale. That's what you're saying? What if Jonah didn't go to heaven? What if Jonah went to the other place? What if Jonah went to hell? Then what are you going to do? And the little girl goes, well, then you'll have to ask him. All right. Come on, y'all. It's Sunday morning. We can laugh. Hey, come on. Stay fully convinced. My wife and I in this waiting season decided to stay in his word. We do a thing at our church called First 15. First five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer. That's a starting point. Every single day, Matthew 6, verse 33, we're gonna seek first the kingdom of God. We're gonna grow in the middle of this because if we're gonna go through it, y'all, we need to grow through this. I don't wanna just get a year past this and be like, whew, thank God we survived that. No, I wanna thrive in the middle of this. I wanna come out stronger. I wanna come out more spiritually fit. I asked the Lord in the beginning of this pandemic, the beginning of all the chaos that we've been in dealing with, I said, God, I need an anthem I need something I can hold on to like an anchor. I need a foundational verse that becomes our family anthem. And so the Lord directed me to a verse found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. We're going to put it on the screen. Let me say this before we jump in. How many of y'all would say, Daniel, I need some new strength? Come on, wave at me. I need brand new strength. Like, I don't need old strength. I don't need recycled strength. I don't need refurbished strength. I need new strength. Here's what the Bible says about it. It says, but those who wait for the Lord, Paul's. I remember when the Lord literally directed me to this verse, I stopped. I said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. God wait. Cause in my humanity, I think the thing I've grown the most in during all of this is patience. Where's all my impatient folks at? Come on. All right. Amen. And here's the truth. Society tells us to be We're instant gratification. We're a microwave generation. We're a Burger King, have it your way sort of society. So when it said, but those who wait, I said, oh, that means I have to be patient. God's saying, listen, be patient. Wait, expect, look for, and hope in him. Paul's to expect. See, there's two types of people that walk with the Lord, two types of people that come to vibrant. There's those that are spectators, like, what's in it for me? What's this guy in the pleather jacket and fake beard gonna say? It might be real, it might be a real jacket. The beard is real, it's not spray on, okay. But you can either be a spectator, like, what's in it for me? Or you can be a person of expectation. There's a quote that says, the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. So when you are patient in the process and you wait for the Lord, and then you live your life filled with expectation and you're constantly looking for the hand of God in your life and you hope in him. Watch this right here. This should fire somebody up. It says that they will gain woo, new strength. Brand new. You don't have to ask to get, grab some from yesterday. You don't have to borrow from tomorrow. It's brand new for October 18, 2020. Everything you need, mama, to handle everything you need with your kids You've got it today. There's great grace on your life, dad, son, father, friend. There's, 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 there's great grace and new strength on your life today to not just endure the day, but to, 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 to get through the day filled with hope and courage and boldness and perseverance to know that there's a God that's with you and fighting for you. Brand new strength. Wave at me again if you need new strength. Come on. Brand new strength. Again, not recycled, not refurbished. Brand new and then it goes on and says, "In renew their power. There's another translation that says, and he will renew their power. They will come out with renewed power. The word renew literally means to reset. Man, I don't know about you, but I've needed a reset a few times during this thing. To reset, to restart, to begin again, that you can wake up. I woke up today. I got up. I looked in the mirror. I said, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. All right, Amen. Okay, praise God. And then I begin to speak life. I thank you, God, today for Psalms 23, 6, that your goodness and your mercy never stop chasing me. God, I thank you that I don't have to walk in shame or condemnation, but you're such a good God that you would free and heal and restore. I thank you, Lord God, that you're healing power. And I begin to pray over my family. I thank you, God, today for protection. And then boldness began to rise up in me. And I said, God, I thank you today that I have the authority because of new strength and renewed power, according to James 4, 7, to resist the devil and he has to flee. And then I made this bold statement. I said, devil, you're going to get tired before I do. Because the one who's been standing with Me and the one who's been fighting for me will always be stronger than the one who's been standing against me. Come on, if you need new strength, give God praise today. New strength. And then it goes on, it says this keep going. It says, They'll rise up, lift their wings, and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. This is awesome. When you have new strength and renewed power, ultimately it activates your faith where you'll run and not become weary, you'll walk and not grow tired. That's been our anthem. In this season of waiting and God revealed something to me during this waiting season that God will never give me a life where he's not necessary. Come on, write that down. If you're taking down notes, God will never give you a life where he's not necessary. I want to encourage you to take notes weekly. There's a study done by Harvard, Harvard Community College. So not quite Harvard Come on, that's a joke. Come on, amen. But there's a study done by Harvard that said if you're a hearer only, you only retain 5% of what you hear. But if you take down notes, it actually goes up to 35% in real time. If you take down notes and go back and apply it, your retention rate goes up to 90 to 95%. So elbow somebody and borrow an eyeliner, but take down notes if you can. Write that down. God will never give me a life where he's not necessary. I've learned to lean into his presence. Write this down if you're taking down notes. God's promises don't break when you lean on them. You can lean on his promises. They will not break when you lean on them. And God's promises don't have expiration dates on them. So if he said it, then yes and amen, he'll fulfill it. Pre-COVID, God might have spoken a dream or a desire or a business idea God might have said, you're gonna walk through this and get through this. You may be in the fire, but you're gonna come out on the other side. And maybe during this waiting season, it's thrown off your faith. Maybe it's messed with your morale. God's promises don't have expiration dates on them. I constantly go back to his word. And I say, God, you said in 1 John 5, verse 14, that I've got sonship. You said in 1 John 5 that this is the confidence that I have when approaching you. That anything I ask according to your will, watch, says he hears you. See, when my kids come to me and they talk to me, Dad, can you, Dad, is this possible? Dad, will you loan me $20? I'll say, no, go talk to your mom. That they have a confidence and a boldness that they can approach me. Why? Because they know who they are and whose they are. We should know as daughters and sons that this is the boldness, the confidence we have when approaching God that anything we ask according to his will, he hears us. Here's another way to unlock new strength, renewed power, and activated faith in your life. We have to stay, write this down, I've taken down notes, we have to stay connected to the vine. The Bible says in, first, or in John chapter five, verse 15, watch. It says, I'm the vine, that's God. You're the branches, that's us. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear a little bit of fruit. You'll have some pretty decent days you may get through this. No, it doesn't say that. It says you will bear much fruit. That's the perseverance, the wisdom, the fight, the clarity, the determination, the wisdom, the peace. That's everything you need when you need it. Stay connected to the vine. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But watch this. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm still amazed by in our humanity how we compartmentalize life. Like, God, I trust you with all this, but I'm gonna handle this on my own. Some of y'all are wearing tags around your neck that say damaged goods are fragile because you haven't fully released it to him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, to cast all of your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. The Amplified says all your cares, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on the Lord. Cast them, give them to him because he cares for you. I'm blown away though by how many times we try to do these things on our own and God's saying, listen, stay connected to the vine. But I've got got some news for you that might be sobering and maybe a little unsettling, but there's an enemy and he's real and he wants to disconnect you from the vine. John 10, 10, I said it a moment ago. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. He knows you're dangerous. He knows there's healing in your hands. He knows there's people's lives attached to your assignment. So if he can rob you of your boldness, rob you of your joy, rip you off of your confidence, not only does he rip you off, but he rips all the people off connected to your purpose. I, I, I'm aware of this constantly. I tell my story all the time. Because Revelation 12, 11 says, the blood of the lamb is the word of your testimony. I tell my story all the time. How I never should have made it. How I was born into a drug addict's house. How I was almost aborted twice. How a drunk driver hit my mom at three months pregnant and almost killed us both. How at six months she fell down a flight of stairs and almost broke her back. The enemy was gunning for me when I didn't have a voice. But now in my Chelsea boots and these skinny dress pants, I'm kicking the devil in the teeth every day and pushing back against the kingdom of darkness because I know who I am and I know whose I am. But I'm, I'm determined more than ever to stay close to the vine, to stay close to the heart of God. This story, man, I was at my father-in-law's, and next door to him was this guy who had the nicest garden I'd ever seen. Now, if you're a gardener, wave at me really quickly. I commend you. You're amazing, because I'd love to garden one day. I just, I don't have all the time to put into it yet, because it's a lot of work. And I went outside and was looking at this garden, and I was just blown away. Like, the rows were perfect. Everything was blooming. I'm like, this is a phenomenal garden. I'm just baffled by it. And I hear this clack, clack, clack like a screen door, like, bop, bop, like I heard it clack. And this guy came out like, what are you doing? What, what are you out here doing? And I'm like, hey, man. He's like, don't touch anything. I said, it's, just, it's just a green pepper. It's no big and so I'm, I'm talking to him, making small talk with him. I said, man, this is a phenomenal garden. He said, oh, thank you. I said, no, I'm literally blown away by this garden. He said, I appreciate it. I said, if I was a photographer for Garden Monthly Magazine, I would be taking pictures. He's like, are you? I was like, I don't even know if that exists. But if I, I this is amazing. Like, what is your, what's your secret? And you could tell that he knew that I was impressed. So he was getting a little like, well, what do you mean? What's my secret? I said, what is your secret? Did you angle this a certain way so the sun would shine on us? He said, no. I said, did you ship organic soil in from Scotland? He said, it's weird. I said, okay. Okay, did, did special artesian water that you just kind of just <laughs> spritz. And he's like, no, no. I said, man, what is your secret? And he kind of mumbled this, so I couldn't quite understand him. So track with me. This is exactly how it happened. I said, what's your secret? Come on, what's your secret? He said, I'll wait every day. I said, okay. <laughs> Come again? He said, I'll wait every day. I said, do you? You win. You're winning every day. He said, i wait every day. I said, day. I said you win. you're winning every single day. He said, "Weed every day." I said, "You, you smoke weed every day." I can't hear you, so that's not why I came out here. I bid you farewell. Thank you very much. Like I said, no. What is your, What did you see? He goes no, man. I weed every day. I said, "You wait a minute. What?" Because I'm not a gardener. I have no clue. But that's kind of high maintenance, right? Like you're out here weeding every day. I said, "No, no, no. I'm sorry. You, I, I misspoke." I come out, and when I say I weed every day, I'm checking for weeds every day. The Bible says in John 14, 26, that before Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, he left the Holy Spirit here as our helper, our comforter. The Holy Spirit, I'm not hyper-spiritualizing this, the Holy Spirit nudged my heart, said this is the problem right here in Christianity. We're not checking for weeds anymore. You know a weed's job is to restrict, to strangle to clamp off and crimp off access to the good. A weed will come in in disguise and look like good fruit to get around that. that is which of, is good fruit to smother out the good. We were outside of our office doors. There was this really tall weed growing. And I said to my wife, hey, babe, this is a weed. It needs pulled. Why isn't the guys that come and mow and stuff, why aren't they taking care of it? She's like, because it looks like a plant. I'm like, that's a weed. She said, but there's berries on it. She doesn't talk like that, but sorry, babe. She, <laughs> she's not here. She said, there's berries. She doesn't talk like that. But I was like, that's a weed. She's like, I don't think so. I said, leave it alone. If we leave it alone, you watch, it will grow and it will it'll begin to restrict and strangle out all this, this good flowers. So two weeks in, this thing did exactly what I said. It came in in disguise. It came in and looked like good fruit and began to smother out the good. I believe we have to start checking for weeds. That might be a toxic relationship that's robbing you of new strength. That might be something you're allowing in your ears and your eyes where you're not guarding your gates that are causing you to be uh, from gaining new strength. Whatever this thing is, that's trying to muddy the waters of your ability to press in and be who God's called you to be. We got to check for weeds. I'm going to give you a challenge. I did this last service. I want you to find a little sticky note and write check for weeds and pop it on your mirror every day I want you to get up and I want you to look in the mirror and say, open-handed, God, is there anything in my life that's a weed? Is there anything in my life that you need to pull out that I need to allow? Because of free will, I need to allow you access in my life to pull this thing out. Because every time a weed is pulled, I'm telling you, it makes room for a seed. Will y'all take me up on that challenge and check for weeds every day? Come on, give God praise. Because here's the truth. God can't fix, restore, heal, or bless which you refuse to release. And I've learned that more in this waiting season than ever. There are things in my life that I need to let go of, and God, I know that you can't bless it if I refuse to release it. He wants us to stay connected to the vine. We're talking about new strength. Say new strength. We're talking about renewed power. Say renewed power. God's gonna activate faith. But as we kind of bring this in for a landing this morning, the thing that I want to unpack for just a couple more moments so that you can really press in and be who God has called you to be, to really gain access to that new strength, to really stay in a posture that's checking for weeds. I wanna talk about your worth as a worshiper. Now, now there's a a verse that, that I love. It's my favorite verse on worship. It's written in red letters. That means Jesus spoke these words. It says in John chapter four, verse 23. It says a time is coming, that means today, and now has come, that means right now, say right now. When the true worshipers, wave at me if you're a true worshiper. Come on, at home in your door, the Explorer Snuggie. Wave at me. Come on right now. True worshipers will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Now, this is going to help somebody. This has nothing to do with your ability to sing on key. That, that's, somebody should have ran around the building. like that. It has nothing to do with your ability to sing on key. See, y'all don't know that we can hear you. So when Kristen was singing,
1: King of glory, Feel this place, just wanna be with you.
0: Some of y'all were like, just wanna be with you. And it doesn't matter. That should free you. It doesn't matter if you sing on key or sing off key. Has nothing to do with your ability to clap on beat. That's just for the white people. That should free somebody up today. To worship the Lord in spirit and truth has nothing to do with your ability to sing on key or clap on beat. No, to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth is a pure, innocent, authentic expression of your faith and your trust in him, and he loves your worship. If you want new strength, worship him. If you want renewed power, praise him through it. If you want God to remove weeds and struggles and strongholds in your life, lift your voice on key and off key, because I promise you, he loves your worship. It's not my opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. It's what the Bible says in John four twenty three at the very end. Look, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. He loves your worship. You might be the best shower singer in Columbus, Mississippi. He loves your worship. It does not say the hour is coming and now is here when those gifted and talented and sing perfect pitch and key Clap on beat and have rhythmic abilities to dance. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. For these are the lucky chosen ones sought after by the Lord. It doesn't say that. If your Bible says that, it's the Book of Mormon and we're gonna swap it out, amen. Come on, that's a joke. We can laugh, amen. It's okay, we're Sunday morning. He loves your worship. Say, he loves my worship. And the enemy knows, write this down if you're taking down notes, the enemy knows that your praise is valuable. You can make that personal. Say, my praise is valuable. The enemy knows if he can really unlock you as a worshiper, if God can really unlock you as a worshiper, he knows, the enemy knows how dangerous you are. The enemy knows that if you'll turn your worry into worship, God will turn your battle into a breakthrough. He knows that if you'll praise your way through it and shout like they did in Joshua 6 for the walls to fall, everything, I feel this in my spirit, there's some of you just one shout of praise away from your deliverance. Just one shout of praise away. If it worked in the Bible, why can't it work for you? Same God, yesterday, today, and forever. Your praise is valuable. You know your praise is actually contagious? Like, it inspires and rubs off on other people. Almost like a residue that when you walked in these doors today and you lifted your hands and you worship today in spirit and truth, you'll walk out different than you came in. That's one of the most amazing things about the unconditional love of God. He'll accept you as you are, but he won't leave you where he found you. I'm grateful for that. So when we walk out of this place today, there's a residue on us. That when you walk into a room, somebody should notice something different about you. (laughs) So during COVID, my wife and I have continued to date. Um, I've tried to, to, we've tried to date consistently through 16 years of marriage. And so whenever we go out, I'm like, what's your favorite color? Cause you know, it's changing all the time. Guys, ask your girls, what's your favorite color? Cause what was the month of August is different now. I'm giving you pearls here. Ask. And then I said, what's your favorite? You like silver. You like gold jewelry. She's like, oh, you crazy? I'm like, well, I'm not buying anything. We're on a spending freeze. But what do you like right now? Just let me know. <laughs> Christmas 22 is <22's> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll ask her. So this particular night we were at dinner and I said, hey, I gotta, I'm gotta. i gonna go wash my hands real quick. So I walk in and I'm washing my hands and I hear beep, 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 beep And I look up and you know one of those little, little spritzy things? I don't know what they're called. The old school ones don't warn you. They just, you know what I'm talking about? Like the little misters. They spray in the bathroom. And it's like that weird, like, what does that smell? Like some of them are like high dollar. Like they, they paid some money. They had like a team of testers. Like, that's awful. This is amazing. This particular day, the one that they had put up in there was—they bought it at the Dollar Tree or something—I don't know. It smelled like a weird garden that a cat had died in. I don't—it was bad. And I'm washing my hands, and I hear pip pip bop, and I look up, and it's—and I saw it, and it's in the air, and it came—it it came down, and it's coated my teeth. It's all over me. I'm like, ah, oh, I like this jacket, but I'm gonna have to burn it now. Like, it's not a disposable outfit, but it's definitely not something I could keep, and I go out to dinner, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and as soon as I started talking, she goes, what's that smell? I was like, what? She's like, no, what's that smell? I didn't smell it, and then you showed up, and I said, did you step in something? Check to see if you, what is that smell? And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. She's like, what, babe, what's that smell? She's like, "It's like a super weird garden. I was like, I got caught under one of the little misty things. Like, that's called residue. Like, it's that one dear brother that sprays way too much Axe deodorant spray on, you know what I'm talking about? Like you see him coming, you're like, oh, there's Von Musk. Okay, good to see you, sir. That's called residue. There's a natural residue that gets on you. But when you spend time in the presence of God, there's a spiritual residue that gets on you that's contagious. That when you walk into a room, you're not a thermometer that tells the temperature. You're a thermostat that shifts the temperature. That fear just leaves. Don't be surprised if a coworker walks up to you and says, I don't know why, but I want you to pray for me. My wife and I went to a store. It was called Books a Million. We were leading worship at this conference. And there was a girl working behind the counter at this coffee shop. And we had been leading worship all week at this conference. And I was fried. I was so tired. We had two more nights left. And my wife's super administrative. And she has her master's degree in counseling. So she's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, are we counseling right now? She's like, lay down. I'm like, why am I laying down? (laughs) Are you going to invoice me? So um, I'm sitting there talking to her. I'm exhausted. I'm like coloring in a coloring book. Like I'm exhausted. And she's like, We're just talking. We're just spinning. It's just Dan and Jackie. Like, this is just unplugged, decompressed. How many of y'all know you need those days? Come on, wave at me. Nobody? Okay, amen. No, we all need them. And so we're sitting there, and this girl that's working behind the counter, she's staring at us. Not, like, glancing, like, for, like, 20 solid minutes. And I'm like, hey, babe. And she's like, yeah. And I said, "Uh, do you see the girl over there at the counter? And she said, I do. I said, she just keeps staring at us. She said, I, I, I see that. I said, do you have your pepper spray? So I'm always aware, you know what <laughs> I And I said, she's freaking me out a little bit. And she said, maybe she's from the conference. I said, that's it. Because if she's not, she's a stalker and it's super weird, right? So she, I'm like, hey, and she's like, and she kind of ducks behind the counter. I was like, that's not it. Another 20, 25 minutes go by. We're like 40 minutes, 45 minutes into this thing. And she walks by the table next to us. And I'm like, pepper spray, give me the pepper spray. She's just right there. She's wiping down the table, and then she just turns and goes, hey, guys. And we're like, hey, hey, you. (laughs) Like, I'm like, like, (laughs) like, hey, hey." and she goes, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but for the past 40, 45 minutes, I've been watching you. And my wife and I, in, in perfect harmony, we go, who, us? Like, that's wild. Like, what? Why us? And she goes, it's really weird. I don't know you guys. This is the busiest store. Her words, none of this is exaggerated. She said, this is the busiest books a million in the nation. People travel from the beach to Montgomery, the corridor between Montgomery and Birmingham, this little town called Prattville. They stop here. We have hundreds of people come and go. I make drinks all day long. I see people come and go. Her words, but when you two walked in, the whole atmosphere changed. Her words, she said this. The whole atmosphere changed. Now watch this. We weren't, I wasn't wearing a shirt that said spirit instead of Sprite. Like I didn't have a hat on that said, need prayer, ask me how. I didn't throw a huge Dakes edition Bible on the table and said, I'm a Christian. Come over here if you need healing. I didn't have a shirt on that said Godweiser instead of Budweiser. We were just Dan and Jackie. We just showed up to decompress. Say residue. But there's a Residue. As a worshiper, someone that praises, someone that knows how valuable their worship is and how dangerous it is to the kingdom of darkness, someone that recognizes that there's healing in my hands, I'm not surprised that Romans chapter 2, verse 4 happens in our life, that the goodness and love of God will draw a man's heart to freedom. I'm not surprised that we get in the way of people's storms every day and point them to Jesus. We just have to be willing to recognize it. She said you don't know me and I don't know you. You might've thought you came here for you, her words, but I think you came here for me. She said, um, let me tell you my story. My dad, my dad, he was, uh, my dad, he uh, traveled and did tent revivals. He preached all over the country and did big white tent revivals and he'd preach and people would get healed and all kinds of people saved. And And we're like, oh, wow. Like, okay, that's why she's maybe drawn to us. And she said, then he would drink a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey, blackout, come to and beat my mom, my sister and me until our eyes were swollen shut. I hate God. And I've hated God every day of my life. Her words, no exaggeration, until 45 minutes ago, when you two walked in, I realized that God still loves me and that you came here for me. You realize we still haven't said anything my wife didn't say, well, it's not surprising. My husband's a reverend. He can marry and bury. We are considered clergy. Like, she didn't say that. That's super weird. My wife just said, I'm not surprised you came over here. And I hate that this has happened to you. She said, can I hug you? And she said, please don't touch me. I don't let anybody touch me. She had cuts all over her arms from self-affliction. She said, I've been trying to doll. The pain in my life, and I've hated God every day, but thank you for coming here for me. And my wife stood up and said, I want to pray. We want to pray for you right now. We thought we came here for us, but look at how good God is that he would send us here for you. Yo, in that moment, we didn't think, what kind of perfect oratory prayer must we pray? I wasn't Googling things to say. No, it was the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Like Paul said, it's not with my perfect delivery. I rely on the hope and the presence of the living God. My wife said, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray that God would heal you. My wife began to pray this amazing prayer that all the baggage, all the struggles, all the burdens, all the concerns this girl had been dealing with, that she would surrender him and lay him down, and that God would reveal to her that he wasn't mad at her, but madly in love with her. This girl, as soon as we said amen, fell into my wife's arms, and my wife hugged her. She went from, like, anger and contorted to full of joy everything changed come on somebody should give God praise everything changed and this guy over here we're like uh, uh, we're about to start praying this guy's like can I get a mint for opportunity and I'm like shut your mouth Like, I'll come. I'm sanctified but I'm not I said I'll come make it in a minute <laughs> we're, we're about to pray so we get done praying for her and she pulls out this pack of cigarettes she's like oh, I feel so free Like, I feel so free. She said, what should I do with these? I said, throw them out. She said, should I give them away? I said, no, you shouldn't give them away. (laughs) Throw these things out. You know, we connected her with a church in Prattville. She goes every week. She's fired up for God. She's serving week in and week out. Come on, somebody. Say residue. Come on, there's a residue on you. But my wife and I have recognized there's new strength, renewed power, and activated faith. That every day when we live our lives out as worshipers, every day when we check for weeds and we allow God to plant what he needs to, we can live our lives out of that place of residue. If you're taking down notes, write this down. Number two, there's traction in your praise. I promise I'm bringing this in for a landing. You'll still have time to beat the Methodist to wherever you were heading. There's traction in your praise. Like Joshua 6, Joshua positioned himself outside the walls of Jericho He positioned himself in the natural, all the army, the priests. God kicked in in the super, super collided with the natural. And one shout of praise, the walls fell. And everything God had promised was on the other side of that shout. There is traction in your praise. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, to rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. Rejoice in the Lord when your account, your bank account reflects the way you think it should rejoice in the Lord when politically everything's lining up. Rejoice in the Lord when everything is working in your favor. No, 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 what's it say? Say it with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then it goes on and says, and again I say, rejoice. Acts 16, Paul and Silas are locked up in this dungeon. They're in this prison cell. When you're bound and you're held captive in life and you're struggling, you have two options. You can trust God or you can panic and freak out. That's your two options. Paul and Silas had those options. We're going to die here. Zit. Everything's going to fall apart. But it says instead they begin to sing hymns and praises. They recognize there was traction in their praise. They recognize that a rut or a ditch is only permanent if you choose to stay there. And it says they begin to sing hymns. This is my story. This is my song.
1: Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my
0: story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day Some of you are like, that's what they sang? That might be in the message translation. They were singing hymns. They were singing praises. And it said that a mighty earthquake began to shake the prison cell walls and the chains begin to break off of them. The guard that was on assignment to watch them thought everybody had escaped and was gonna kill himself. And instead, Paul said, hey, hey, we're all still here. And because the hand of God moved in such a powerful way, the guard and his entire family was saved. Come on, somebody. There is traction in your praise. But we have to choose to recognize that God will get us up out of that ditch and up out of that rut. We just have to choose to praise him through the storm. Number three, if you you've taken down notes, last but not least, there is breakthrough in your praise. I believe miracles are gonna break out and breakthrough is gonna break out in your marriage, your family. Maybe your kids have been caught up in the prodigal life. Maybe they've been caught up in, in, in struggles in life and I'm telling you, mom, dad, choose to praise God through it. I love what Bishop T.D. Jake says. He said, listen, I'm gonna praise you now and you can do it later because you've been better than good to me. If the only thing you ever did for me was hang on the cross, Jesus, you've already done enough, but you came to give me life. Come on, somebody, and life more abundantly. So I choose to worship you through it. I choose to praise you through it. I choose to praise you no matter what my circumstance looks like because it's, it's not based on emotionalism. It's not based upon what I feel or what I see. based on my trust and my obedience that you'll show up and do what only you can do. There is breakthrough in your praise. Psalms 107 verse two says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Where's all the redeemed at? Come on. If you've been redeemed, let me hear you shout. Come on, clap. Somebody praise him. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I just wanna encourage you in this season, I don't know who this is for, but a lot of times in our humanity, it's really easy to assume that if something is delayed, it must be denied. My little girl, I was teaching her how to swim this summer, and I taught her with the floaties on and then with the floaties off. And I said, baby, you're going to have a moment that if daddy's not around and you ever fall in the pool, I need you to remember these three things, okay? And I taught her, you can going to hold your breath. You got a doggy paddle. She said, puppy paddle. I said, okay, puppy paddle. She's three. So I said, puppy paddle. That's fine. And you got to kick your feet. And I went through all of this for about an hour and a half, so we had a great swim lesson time. Some of y'all, if you give swim lessons, you're like, "That's not correct. Don't, don't email me, uh, or you can't email me, Chris at chrishumblin.com. I'll respond." Um, I'm just, <laughs> so, so she, she got it. She was getting it. So afterwards, uh, my little boy, who, who's the oldest, he got hurt. He jumped out of the pool and almost ripped his toenail off, or something It was crazy. It was dramatic. I was like, "Oh my god!" So I'm standing there talking to him, and Daphne had taken her floaties off, and I thought she had gone in the house. And so my wife pops out, and she's like, hey, you guys good? Coming in for, for dinner? I said, yes. Yeah. She said, where's Daphne? I said, she's in with you. She said, no, she's not. I look around, look over at the play area. She's not there. And I look, and at the bottom of the deep end of our pool is Daphne. I don't know how long she had been in there. But I looked in, and at the very bottom of the pool, she was kicking and puppy dog paddling. I had her, and her eyes were open. I could have said, huh. now why are you down there? Because a lot of people's view of God is like that that he's constantly mad and a dictator and he's mean. No, I did what a dad should do. And the only way I can describe this moment is I was reckless. I took off running, and I dove in and I pulled her up out of the water and I grabbed her. I said, baby, you okay? She was freaking out. I said, baby, look at me. She was still trying to like paddle and she was still trying to kick. I said, hey, 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 you held your breath. You, 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 You were paddling, you were kicking, you did great. I took her inside. My wife consoled her and she went upstairs and I was kind of freaking out about it. I was telling Kristen in the back. I was kind of worked up about it as a dad. And my wife said, hey, hey, look at me. She did what her daddy told her last. I heard the Holy Spirit say, start encouraging the church to do what the father told him last. What did God promise you? What did he speak over you? What good news from the word did he declare into your life? And I think in this waiting season more than ever with new strength and renewed power and breakthrough and everything we're believing for, we gotta go back and do what the Father told us last. We used to end your feet. Some of you are one shout of praise away. And that might be a little uncomfortable to you. Some of you are like, well, I'm Brother Daniel, I'm a little more dignified than that, but you'll act wild at a college football game i on somebody. You'll lose your mind at a college football game, but you get in church and you get super dignified. Here's the truth. This isn't about everybody around you. It's about you and God. Some of you are just one shout of praise away from everything shifting in your life, a Joshua 6 moment an Acts 16, Paul and Silas moment. I want to praise for just a few moments. I want to worship for just a couple moments. And I want you to do this with me. Just close your eyes for just a minute. Just lift your hands like this, open-handed. I want you to begin to allow God to pull some weeds out of your life. Some of you know, you know, as soon as I said it, that there's some relationship issues that you need to let go of. There's some toxic relationships that you know you need to surrender. There's toxic thinking, a way that you've been living that you know i got to let go of. I talked to a guy the other day who's bound with fear and anxiety and all kinds of uh, and panic attacks. And I said, man, what are you allowing in your life? What kind of movies do you watch? He said, oh man, I love horror movies. And I began to talk to him about guarding his gates. He deals with fear and anxiety and all this concern, yet his go-to movie and go-to things with his eyes and ears are something that provokes fear. I said, man, what reflects out of your, what you allow in your eyes and ears today will reflect in your heart tomorrow. Some of you have allowed weeds in your life. You've allowed... Wounds from when you were young, wounds from high school and college, things that have shaped and molded your personality. Some of you lost your joy. You haven't laughed in a while. And God's about to release His joy and His spirit over your life. I believe that shackles are about to break free. One of the most powerful and amazing things He gave us was free will. I say this often God will not force Himself on you. He's not a forcer, but He's a filler. He will not force himself on your life, but if you'll make room, he'll fill every time. You need peace today, make room, he'll fill. You need healing today, make room, he'll fill. You need deliverance today, make room, he'll heal. You need restoration today, make room, he'll restore. You've been restless, any area of your life that has felt hopeless has been under the influence of a lie and I'm telling you, there is hope today for everyone watching online and in this room. Because we've got a reckless God. I remember the first time I led this song, you can look at me real quick. The first time I led this song, I got an email from a lady and she said, I'm not a big fan of that reckless love song. I said, why? My God's not reckless. He's not rowdy and crazy. And I remember when we had our first kid and then my second and then my third, my fourth, somebody are like, are you Amish? What's going on? I remember the only way I could describe moments of protection, moments of being there for my kids, sometimes it was reckless. Where's all my parents at? Come on, you could feel that. Like a puppy with big paws, man. I, I've been in situations where I had to help run after, chase after, catch up to, protect my kids. I'm grateful for a reckless love of a God who didn't give up on my drug addict, drug dealing, alcoholic, wife cheating, wife beating dad. I'm grateful for a God who, who was who, who. this whole thing wasn't built on religion, but built on a relationship enough that he looked down and loved my mom so much that he would keep pursuing her. I'm grateful for a reckless love that when we sing a bridge, like there's no shadow you wouldn't light up, no mountain you wouldn't climb up, chasing after me. no wall you wouldn't kick down no lie you wouldn't tear down that you would come after me like the shepherd who left the 99 for the, for the one With your hands lifted one more time and your eyes closed I don't know who needs to hear this but your praise is needed and necessary you are not overlooked and forgotten he's not mad at you you are necessary you are loved it would matter if you weren't here any longer god i pray that depression would lift off of somebody right now that the spirit of oppression would lift off of somebody right now that the heaviness and anxiety and panic panic attacks and fear would lift off of them and right now in this moment of worship in this moment of praise let them isaiah 61 3 replace it with the garments of praise god i pray that they would release the heaviness they would release all of this, and God, that you would begin to download new strength. Download a reset, a restart, renewed power. Activate their faith today to recognize who they are and whose they are. Recognize, God, that you are fighting for them and with them and standing with them. Come on, sing this with me. Say, Snow no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Oh,
1: there's no water. Won't kick down, lie, you won't tear down, Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice. There's no shadow, there's no shadow, you won't light up. i see you, you won't light it up. Coming at me. Oh whoa. Oh. So no you won't kick down. Though you won't tear it down. Coming after me. Come on, can we get even bolder? There's no shadow. Deserving. still you keep giving yourself away. All the overwhelming, never
0: ending, reckless love of God. With every eye closed just for a moment, watching at home, here at Vibrant, we never will embarrass you. This is not a symbolic moment that we just walk through as business of the church. The reason we do everything we do, the reason I brought a word to encourage you about new strength today, to recognize who you are as a worshiper, it all comes back to one foundational thing and it's about knowing Jesus as your savior. And maybe you're here today and you said, Daniel, I needed to hear this. I I needed to laugh a little bit. I needed to be encouraged a little bit. The truth is something in my heart has been convincing me of the fact all service long there's more to life than the way I've been living it. And I don't know Jesus is my Savior, but I want to. Or maybe you got caught up in the prodigal life and you've been living reckless and you say, I want to give my life back to Jesus again. I want to pray a prayer. Heaven's about to rejoice with us. But again, here at Vibrant, we don't pray prayers for symbolic reasons. We pray because Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Every eye closed. Nobody looking around just for a moment. Put your hands down just for a minute. Maybe you're watching online. You say, Daniel, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, would you wave at me? If that's you waving me, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Or I want to rededicate my life. I see hands popping up. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I see them popping up. Awesome. Amazing. You put your hands down. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to rededicate. Maybe you're watching online. You can type in the chat right there, yes, today. I want to commit my life to Jesus. Today's my day. Wave at me if you want to give your life to Jesus today. I see you. Amazing. All the way up in the balcony. All the way up here. I see you guys. Thank you. All the way over here. Incredible. Amazing. All right, put your hands down. Everybody in this building, from our vibrant worship team to our media team, everybody in the building, so that anyone who lifted their hands doesn't feel alone. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, it's me. I've been living for me, and it hasn't worked from today on. I'm gonna live for you. I commit my life, every part of my being. I lay at your feet and I surrender today, once and for all. I confess you now as my Father, my Savior, and my Lord. I'll live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, vibrant church. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Now, come on, somebody praise God today. Now come on, praise him because God just showed up and healed somebody today. All right, this is what I'm gonna do before we close. I'm gonna count to three. I said this a moment ago and I don't wanna leave it. I don't wanna leave without giving somebody an opportunity to shout their way and praise their way through it. I'm gonna count to three and I wanna hear somebody shout out loud. Psalms 100 verse 1, shout for joy all the earth. Some of y'all are just one shout of praise away from your deliverance and your breakthrough and your healing. Come on, one. Come on, team, build with me. Two, I want to hear you shout. Come on. Three, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise.
2: a quick second before we scurry out of here, can we just give a round of applause to everybody that just made the best decision they could ever make to give their life to Jesus Christ. So very good. Also, can we put our hands together for Pastor Daniel Groves for bringing an amazing word today? So look, one final thing that we want to do before we wrap up today is we we want to return our tithe and our offering back to the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you guys, but I serve a God who has blessed me far more than I deserve. Can I get an amen? I mean, we serve a great God, and one of our greatest privileges as a follower of Christ is we get to return that tithe back to Him. And there are three ways that you can give here at Vibrant Church, okay? Now, I want you to see for a second, though, what your giving does. See, a lot of times we can convince ourselves that it's just going to a church or it's just going to some random person. Who knows? No, no, no. I want you to see. We're going to put some pictures up of our baptism weekend last weekend, and it is truly amazing. To see what God did. I mean, these pictures tell a story greater than I ever could. Guys, we had 23 different people take an amazing next step in their journey with Jesus. Yes, lift up a shout of praise on that. So amazing to see. Um, We had some of our students. We had, in fact, we had an entire family get baptized together right there. It was such a powerful moment. And you need to hear me when I say this. Your giving allows us as a church to be able to take people on that next step with Jesus. So thank you so much for doing that. So if you want to take part in partnering with us, the first way you can do it is through the envelopes that are right there in the seat back in front of you. It's really simple. It's safe and secure. We want to be COVID friendly and safe. So we're going to have ushers stand in the exits with buckets. You can just drop it in there. We're not going to pass buckets or anything so that we can be safe. The second way is you can give online. All you got to do is go to vibrantchurch.com slash giving. And then lastly, maybe you want to do it like a lot of our staff does. We'll just text the word Vibrant to 77977, you can give that way, I promise you it's safe and secure, and look, I'm just telling you, God is moving in vibrant church, and you are a part of it, can we just lift up one more shout of praise for what Jesus is doing? Look, we want you guys to have an amazing, amazing Sunday. If you would, let me pray a quick blessing over you. If you would, just take a posture of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for every family that is present here today, every person that is present here, God. We know that seeds were planted that will flourish in due time, God. And we thank you for those who gave their life to you once and for all today. Father, thank you for blessing us. Give us divine interactions with others and let them see the residue of our worship this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have an awesome Sunday.